This is the Nick and Nittany Show, doggone good sports, brought to you by Trojan Media in partnership with the Hampshire Review. Now here's your host. With my loyal companion at my feet, <laughs> Angel Blizzard joins the podcast. Angel, thanks for joining the Nick and Nittany Show. Let's get started. You realize this is not the first time I've been part of the Nick and Nittany Show? Oh, this is the first time I think you're being interviewed for the Nick it, and Nittany Show. It is. Usually you're the wizard behind the mic. You're the one that does a lot of the production for the Nick and Nittany Show. But you have exciting news for us in the world of sports. I know, right? And because we've been without sports for so long, as soon as I heard the news, I was so giddy and so excited. I couldn't hardly contain myself. Yes, we are adding a new class to the broadcast technology program. Um, This year, I actually will be teaching sports broadcasting as well. When I heard that, a smile just came across my face. I was so proud to be a part of it, even though it's a small, tiny, little part, and yours is the major part. Well, let's be honest about it. You took this program, the media here at Hampshire High, and it's been on your shoulders, and after one year, it's grown into something else. Also, last year, we had several times where we would have students do play-by-play during the game. They would do color during the game. Talk about what you plan on this class, what you plan to do uh, during this class. Well, that's that's a little up in the air based on coming back to school, Mm -hmm. what that's going to look like. In a perfect world, basically the students would get an overview of every position that needs to be filled in a sports broadcasting program. And they will have the knowledge and the performance skills to be able to to fulfill all of those positions. They will know about the research that's required beforehand. They'll know about the technology that's required. They'll understand about taking stats and reaching out to the the newspaper or other radio stations. They'll understand about being in contact with their venue. Yes. You know, you can't just show up at a high school and say, hey, here I am. I'm doing the ball game. That's not how it works. Well, I got a funny story for you. My first time that I showed up at a high school and said, hey, I'm here just to do a little news reporting. I went to Moorfield, and the Moorfield press box is, well, we'll call it entirely way too small. And I thought I would just flip open my laptop, and I'd have (laughs) a bunch of space, and it didn't work like that. No. No, the athletic director let me know that I needed to contact him beforehand. And why do I mention something like this? Because I would have benefited greatly of having a class like this to teach me the little ins and outs and the tricks of becoming a sports reporter or a sports broadcaster. Exactly. Well, and they all work hand in hand. Um, I've grown up basically in the radio business, and you've got to work well with the newspaper. You've got to be friends with the local TV station if there is one. You've got to work on your personal skills and be able to communicate with folks and explain you know, I, I'm not here for me. I'm here for the students. Yes. And, you know, well, in, in our case anyway. Yes. And one of the things that I think is the best part 
that the students will have an opportunity to do is actually go live on air mm-hmm. and hear their own voice mm-hmm. and listen to their own voice over the app and then cringe when they hear their voice yeah. for the first time, <laughs> as all of us do when we listen back to it. Yeah. But giving them an opportunity to get real world experience, put that on a resume, and then you say, hey, I know a little bit about sports broadcasting. Sure. And then the college will look at it and go, well, you're somebody that's already got their toe in the water. They might know what they're doing. Absolutely. Well, and you don't even have to be a sports aficionado to be a part of this program. Right. If you are interested in broadcasting at all, there is a place for you. If you are not interested in broadcasting, but you are interested in sports, there's a place for you. This past year was our second year with the program. Initially, we started out with just radio. Mm -hmm. We had um, an intro to radio class, which was basic history, um, how the radio came to, to, you know, be around and, and radio waves and that kind of thing. And um, the students then built a radio station online and ran it. Then the second year was basically more in-depth editing and interviewing and, and, things like that. Then last year, we got um, about $10,000 to spend on equipment, and we were able to get video cameras, video editing software, more microphones, different things that the, that the students would be able to use as we you know went different places. We got a banner, and at the end of the soccer season, we did our very first live broadcast of the girls' I want to say it was a girls sectional championship. That's correct. Yeah. And we had two students do the play-by-play. One of them was in my program. One of them was not. He was a soccer player who understood the game, and he was not afraid to put the headsets on, and out he went. And we had a blast putting that on the air. Now, were there some bumps and bruises along the way? Of course, they're students and they're learning. And right. I was I was so proud and so excited. And then we did a volleyball sectional game, I guess. That's correct. Yep. And then we did every home game for the Trojan boys and girls basketball game. Yes. Yes. And you were able to do some play by play for me. I had fun doing play by play. Um I thought it was great that the there was so much uh student engagement. And I think that's really what you're trying to push is the premise of this program and allowing the students to go out there and go live on air and hear them make a mistake and go, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We're all going to make mistakes. And then, and then be able to, okay, well, I made that one mistake. And once you get that first mistake out of the way on the airs, and then, then you can kind of flow from there. But there's this uh, real tendency to be scared of once the mic is live. Well, when you, when you live in a world, well, I don't want to age you, but I'm going to say um, from my generation where so many things were live and you couldn't walk it back, um, you do have that, oh my gosh, what if I mess up? What's going to happen with that? But these days, so few things are actually live that you can record them, do a little bit of editing polish it up a little bit, and no one would ever know the difference that it wasn't live. And even if it is, what I teach the students is you move forward. You don't 
you don't have to acknowledge that. If you were Governor Jim Justice and you said a little something maybe that you weren't supposed to say. Some F words, you know, perhaps. Well, perhaps, you know, follow the guidelines. <laughs> but, you know, in, in that situation, that was recorded. I mean, it was live, but it was also recorded, and people could play it back over and over and over and over and over. So in that situation, yeah, you know, you come out and you say, hey, that's not what I was intending to say. I'm so sorry. And, you know, you fix it. But um, in this class, I pride the students on making mistakes. You know, we'll talk about um, advertising and sales. Right. Okay, who can get the first no? I'm I'm not asking you to get the first yes. Who can get the first no? Because if that's what they, if they know that that's okay Mm -hmm. to get a no, they're not going to freak out when somebody says, I'm not really interested in sponsoring your program. Yeah, for sure. And that's the kind of thing that I have them do. I'm um, not just putting into practice the knowledge and performance aspects of it. I want them to know the business aspects of you can make some money at a TV station or a radio station by selling advertising for these programs. But if the programs are not very good, folks don't necessarily want to buy. So let's discuss a way to keep the quality up, and then let's go talk to those business owners about their benefits to being a part of what we're doing. Let's dive a little bit into your background. Okay. How how many years have you been a part of broadcasting, a part of radio, and why are you the perfect fit for this job? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, put me on the spot. I graduated from college in 1994, with a degree in communication and theater. So I'm a bit dramatic. (laughs) Um, Which is good for the radio. Which is good for the radio. I have a face for radio. I graduated from Davis and Elkins College in 1994 in in December. And in January, I became the secretary of a very tiny itty-bitty radio station in Buchanan, West Virginia. And it was a salesperson and me, and that's it. Everything was, was simulcast from another station, and I went from there in in January of 95 into a sales position in Clarksburg, West Virginia, mm-hmm. at WKKW, and worked also for WVAQ in Morgantown for a little while. Got married, moved to Harrisonburg, Virginia with my husband, and worked for WKCY, a 50,000-watt country station, for about six years. Then in 2000, moved back to West Virginia. I'm from Moorefield originally and um, moved back and became the general manager of a radio station in Petersburg and was there for 13 years, roughly. Um, Also worked a little bit at WELD on and off a few different times, but um, I'm finishing up my 25th year, basically, of being in the radio business. And what would you say over those 25 years? Talk about some of the transitions in terms of technology. Because, well, just like what we're talking on right now, it's a podcast. That was no such thing when you graduated from college. Can you just talk about some of the changes that you've seen within the industry? Absolutely. When I first got started, WKKW ran a reel-to-reel tape machine. 
and I was in the sales department, but they also would have me do some editing and audio recording and things like that. And I used a machine like the historical one that we have here at our radio station at Hampshire High School. It came from the West Virginia School for the Deaf and Blind, and um, they gifted it to us. And we keep it here basically as a conversation piece and kind of an homage to you know when they had it. But yes, we used reel-to-reel tape and grease pencils where you would actually cut and and you know tape back together and you tried to get everything in one take you couldn't do a let's record it and if I make a mistake I can go back and fix it later no 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 you have to start over then that transitioned into carts cartridges which um and you're probably too young for this but back in the day we used to have eight track tapes yes I'm way too young (laughs) that's what I figured um but a cartridge is like a, an eight-track tape, basically, and it had a machine that you would take the eight-track tape and shove it into the machine, and it would it would cycle through like an eight-track did and played your commercial or your song or whatever it was, and you could put like an entire four-hour program on a reel and just run it. Now we've graduated into... You know, it went from the reel-to-reel and carts into records and um, CDs. You play things from CD. Well, now everything's digital. Um, If you come to WHHS, that's our radio station, if you come here, you will see a very small room with a few small computers and a few small mixing boards. Everything is computerized. Everything's digital. All of the songs have been digitized. They're all on MP3. And, um, you know, we pick and choose. The students decided what they wanted to play. It's their radio station. So I let them pretty much do as they as they please when it comes to music and, and um, you know, the, the liners and things like that. Yes, you certainly have given them ownership over the radio station in terms of what they want to play. Within reason. Within you know. reason. Yeah, yes. there's a there's a few different things that they will try to sneak by me. Oh yeah, Mrs. Blizzard, it's a really good song. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Okay, well is it a song that I could listen to uh with my mother? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then no. We so, we're either editing it and I teach them how to do that also. Okay. So we either edit out the cuss words or the innuendos or whatever it is, but you know, I'm I'm a prude. So I'm I'm pretty particular about well, that. You're good at editing because a lot of the times you have to edit out my cuss words when I'm actually doing a sports <laughs> podcast, you know. So uh, this one thing I also wanted to touch on was the influences in terms of sports. Who has been your biggest influence, especially in sport broadcasting? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. 100% Tony Caridi. Okay. And what do you like about Tony? Oh, golly. Well, um, I've worked with Tony before, and um, I I wouldn't necessarily say we're best buddies, but he knows who I am, and and I I know Tony. And he has gone from being in the sports and news um, kind of behind the scenes. He became the voice of the WVU Mountaineers. Okay. And Woody O'Hara and uh, Jack Fleming had been on the air for years and years and years. And those were voices that you recognized. And folks didn't necessarily know them, Mm -hmm. but if they heard them speak anywhere, 
they knew exactly who they were. And Tony has become that for the state of West Virginia in sports because he's moved into that position with football, uh, basketball. I'm not a huge sports fanatic like my husband is, but being married to somebody who lives that, I can tell you all kinds of things about college football. I can tell you about college basketball. I can tell you about local teams. I can tell you mascots and coaches um, just because that's something that is so he's so passionate about and he's my partner. So because he's passionate about those things, I become that way also. But um, yeah, when it comes to sports broadcasting, my favorite would have to be my husband. Um, and I taught him everything he knows. But the one that's been most influential to me has definitely been Tony Caridi. So one of the things that um, I think is the biggest challenge is the sport that you're covering. Is it football? Is it basketball? One of the things I like about covering a football game is that there's downtime between each play. So yes. you can kind of, whether it's write a note down or look down and look for a stat and absorb it versus basketball. So could you perhaps shed some light on the differences on broadcasting sports? What's the biggest challenge if you're doing a basketball game versus a football game? Well, I would have to say um, from, from what we started with last year, student-wise, to what I'm hoping to accomplish this year, um, I have known that the biggest and most difficult part is the research. Yes. And that has been incredibly difficult to get across to some of the students um, because they know the sport or believe they know the sport and can jump right in there and say what needs to be said. Um, And that's not always the case. When it's a football game, you need to know, well, for, for either, you need to know the coaches. You need to know their style. You know, do they, do they prefer, um, are they more defensive? Do they like to pass the ball? Do they like to run the ball? Um, what are some of the stats from previous games that right. you can talk about? Right. Um, where are you going to get those bits of information? Are you looking only at newspapers? Are you looking at newspapers from places that they played? Are you looking at other radio station information? Are you only going to WVSSAC? You know, where, where are you pulling that stuff from? One of the things that your husband does an excellent job at is preparation, and that's why I liked working with him doing play-by-play, and I would be the color guy. He could give you the results of the last 10 games Mm -hmm. that each team played, Mm -hmm. and then who's the leading rusher or who's the leading Mm -hmm. wide receiver Mm -hmm. or a special X-factor player to watch out for. This guy's got the speed to break it loose in the open field. He does, I believe he said this, I take as much time doing homework before the game as the actual game itself. Yes, yes. And part, and that's where – um, his hard work pays off during the broadcast because there might be certain situations in the third quarter that you didn't anticipate, like who's the backup or the third string running back. Yep. And all of a sudden when the third string running back's in the game and you're scrambling and you don't have any notes for it, it kind of shows that you were unprepared for that situation to happen. 
your husband does an excellent job, he could come in, look down at his notes and go, well, he's only carried the ball twice this year, but now he's got a chance here in the third quarter because the first two running backs went down with injury. He would be prepared for that situation. Sure. Well, and he'll also be able to tell you that same student who who just had an ankle injury also suffered a you know, a broken rib in his freshman season right. and you know seems to be injury prone or that you know this is the first injury that he's suffered uh you know while he's been playing but his older brother played five years ago and suffered a concussion blah 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 I mean if there is any bit of information to find you don't have to broadcast every piece, but having it in your back pocket means the world when something happens. Um, for instance, let me throw this out at you. Let's say that you are playing an away game. Okay. You're at the away game, so it's not like you're even in your own home place. There's a rain delay. Right. There's weather. Yes. You are on the air. Oh, Yes. And you are looking at a 30-minute rain delay because, you know, it's sopping wet out there on the field and you're afraid that somebody's going to get hurt and there's lightning, whatever. What do you talk about for 30 minutes if all you've done is show up and, and start hooking up equipment. Well, the first thing I might talk about just off the top of my head would be the last time there was a rain delay. And mm-hmm. I could go back to the year 2018. It was the second week of the season where uh, lightning and thunderstorms crossed the state of West Virginia. And a lot of games either were called early or called at halftime. In fact, I believe there was one game where it was in the fourth quarter with a minute left. And they decided to call the game that night and replay that one minute and 30 seconds left the following day. So I would try to be prepared from that aspect, looking at when's the last time Hampshire had a rain delay Mm -hmm. on the schedule and Mm -hmm. then talk about that. Two, up until that point. How was the game? Maybe recap the game. So, well, before the game, Coach Rule said he wanted to get the spread offense working and get the ball out to his wide receiver, Trevor Sardo. And so far this game, Trevor's only caught the ball one time. So maybe they can, maybe the rain's slowing down the passing attack, but Mm -hmm. look for the rain to stop. And once the rain stops, maybe they'll start going to the air a little bit more. Exactly. Well, and would you, let me interrupt you for just a second with that. From a female perspective, Mm because I'm going to throw that out there too. And these are students, and I'm going to have some girls that are, are doing some of this. Wouldn't you also say that there would be some folks listening because their their kid is the one who's doing the play-by-play? What if you also have in your back pocket, this is what the spread offense means. This is this is a little bit about how how that's going to play out. And when, when we say that the quarterback's in the pocket, that's what this means. And when you've got... Uh, you know, a, a three, three, one, whatever. The, you know, this is what those things are talking about. Yes, yes. It gives you, well, to be quite honest with you, a 30-minute rain delay might give you an opportunity to educate your audience. Mm-hmm. So the spread offense is typically a way to spread the defense out. You're looking, it's an offense based off of space. And you might have two wide receivers on the right, two wide receivers on the left, one running back to the side of the quarterback. The quarterback's typically in shotgun. Um, another part of the spread offense is also the hurry-up offense, which comes in conjunction with the spread offense. So 
you could dive into what you saw going on in the game. Mm-hmm. Also, you can, if you have a fundamental understanding of both teams beforehand, you can talk about why their specific system works for their organization. Right. So if you want to talk about why Kaiser likes to run the football, it's because typically they have a bunch of big guys up front that are excellent at blocking, and that blocking scheme allows their running back, their tailback, and their quarterback an opportunity to use the option to their advantage. So mm-hmm. you can go in depth on there. Um, if it is possible, you could already have perhaps even a list of questions that you can answer mm-hmm. on the air. Because mm-hmm. I know as a sports editor, there are times that I use lingo and jargon that a lot of people aren't familiar with. That's right. And perhaps that could be a learning session as well. So you bring in somebody and you talk and you say, hey, if you're not familiar with this, this is what this means. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and something else that I would love to teach. Now, this is not necessarily in the standards, but I have a little leeway um, from the state. So why can I not teach them about football, teach them about basketball, teach them about volleyball, have those specific coaches come in and talk with the class about, you know, hey, okay, it's it's volleyball season, and we're going to, this is what we're going to do, this is, you know, our plan, whatever, and have the coach come to the, to the school, come into class, chat with the kids about, if you're covering my game, these are some of the things that you may want to know. These are some of the students that, you know, you could highlight. Here's our um, number one libero or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> back in the, I, and again, coming up with lingo. But having access, I'm teaching them interviewing skills. Yes. And not just them sitting in a chair and being interviewed, but actually being able to interview other people. So why could you not, during this 30-minute rain delay, have an interview that you recorded with Coach Rule or Coach Buckley or Coach Alkire uh, previously and show, obviously we're not doing a 30-minute rain delay in basketball, but but have that quick interview that you did before the game we have that technology we have all those bits and pieces that you can plug and play and say okay I need to fill up 10 minutes let me push play on this and here's the interview that we did on Thursday evening with the coach right after practice well first off I just want to answer the libero is a defensive specialist so therefore I wanted to let our audience know that that is something that I learned in 2016 if you asked me what a libero is Mm -hmm. I would have said it probably is uh, maybe a spicy Mexican dish. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure what a libero was. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things that I had to swallow my pride and try to learn the sport. Mm-hmm. And I simply started asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit on something um, about asking questions and asking the coaches who are the experts at that particular sport. That's right. So volleyball still a sport that I am learning in terms of strategy and rotation and where you want to be serving or how to set up a, the proper kill shot. Those are all little things that I'm starting to get a better understanding now that I'm in my fifth year of covering sports, but I certainly wouldn't put volleyball knowledge at the same level of my football knowledge or hockey knowledge but at the same time when I asked the coach each time if I just gained one little bit 
of mm-hmm. nugget of information, I can kind of put that in my back pocket and, and understand the game from that level. So your point about asking the proper questions and the right questions, it's a valid one and something that the students might be hesitant about because it, it exposes them in the sense of, well, will it make me look bad if I don't know? No, the answer is no. At the very least, you're educating your audience when you're asking those kind of questions. That's exactly right. So um, at this point, let's take a break and a word from our sponsors. Join the Bank of Romney in the Hampshire Trojan Challenge today. This is your opportunity to help make history at Hampshire High School and take ownership in making the dream of a new stadium a reality. A simple ongoing monthly donation of $5, $10, $15, $20 or more will help reach the goal. The Hampshire High School Trojan Stadium not only serves the high school football, soccer, and track and field teams, it benefits the middle school football and track teams and community events like Relay for Life. Stop in today at any of Bank of Romney locations to join the Hampshire Trojan Challenge. You can also visit their website, HampshireTrojans.com. You think your donation is just a drop in the bucket? Imagine how fast that bucket fills when everyone commits to a monthly donation. Join the Hampshire Trojan Challenge today. Stop by the Bank of Romney or visit HampshireTrojans.com. The Bank of Romney, member FDIC. Now back to the Nick and Nittany Show. And we're back from break. Angel, let's talk about some of the other things that Trojan Media is involved in besides sport broadcasting. Well, um, Trojan Media does the morning announcements. Mm -hmm. We do um, just like sometimes we'll have students who will go forward into the loudspeaker and they'll do the morning announcements over the loudspeaker. But every day we have a video that we produce and it's all of the announcements, all of the upcoming sporting events, the um, any theatrical events, any art shows, any of the announcements that we would put over the loudspeaker, we do a little video chat mm-hmm. and um, and do all the editing and send that out through Microsoft Teams to all of the teachers where they can show it in their class. And coming up this this coming year, we want to do a news show once a week, and it would be. Um, weekly weather we're going to do a sports update like i'm looking for suit and tie uniform type thing where you know it's actually something we can post on the county facebook page on the county website where folks can see what the students are actually doing Um, they also run the radio station which is WHHS, and it's not a terrestrial station that you're going to find on, like in your car. Um, you're not right. going to get an FM signal. That is all online, and you can download the app from your app store, whether it be an Android device or an iPhone. You can download those, and, um, and it's free. And can you just give the listeners what to search for on the app itself? Sure. It's WHHS Radio or WHHS Trojan Media. Trojan Media is the easiest Mm -hmm. one and how Mm -hmm. I found it. I think that will populate the app at the top of the search. Mm -hmm. Um, That is also the place where you can listen to live games, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, in terms of getting kids involved, what do you think has been the um, biggest challenge of trying to 
get kids to come on the air? Do you think it is just their stance of, boy, I don't want to make a mistake or I don't want to hear myself on the radio or mm-hmm. or a combination of a bunch of things? Yeah, all of the above. Um, a lot of, of folks, when they come into the class, they immediately they look at what we have and think, oh my gosh, look at all these bells and whistles. This has got to be the big time. And they relate what we are doing to, say, 94.1 QZK, um, which is a 50,000-watt FM station, um, or 100.1 The Wolf. um, And they'll look at us and say, oh my gosh, there's 1,000 people listening or 10,000 people listening, and that's not the case at all. I, I mean... At some point, we could have 10,000 people listening, but no, we're a very, very small station. Basically, we're just trying to cover Hampshire County um, and folks who have an interest in Hampshire County. But the students come in and they hear themselves. They'll put the headsets on and they'll hear themselves and think, is that really what I sound like? Yes. Yes. That is, yes. Um, Yes, what you hear of yourself is your head voice, and it's not what's actually coming out of your vocal cords. Um, They get a little nervous about pushing the wrong button or saying the wrong thing. So, yes, everything that you mentioned, they're all nervous about all of that. Well, I'll be honest. I was nervous the first time I came in here as well to talk on the podcast. Um, And even you mentioned today, you're you're a 25-year vet Mm -hmm. in the radio. Oh, absolutely. And and be honest, tell our audience, didn't you uh, say that you were a little nervous before this podcast? That's right. Well, for me, I don't get nervous about hearing myself because I've done it for years and years and years. And I don't get nervous about the equipment because I know equipment's going to fail. There's going to be an issue. And if the headsets don't work or the microphone doesn't work, then we figure out what the problem is. Um, So those things don't make me nervous so much anymore. But I like to be 876% (laughs) prepared. And um, I'm not always prepared. When when you and I get together and we just sit and chat, uh, I don't always know exactly what's going to come out of your mouth. So (laughs) I'd like to be a little more prepared sometimes. And that's the beauty of the podcast. And to be a little prepared but also natural natural you're exactly right Mm -hmm. we want to be authentic with our audience and would you say that there's a big difference between a podcast and being live on radio oh my gosh yes yes um that has that's probably been one of the most difficult things for the students to learn and understand is again back to the research the research of of preparing yourself for this isolation you're sitting in a little room all by yourself now if if you have a a tag team you know then you might not necessarily be alone but you have to know the weather the news the sports the songs that are coming up next the song that you already played what is it that you are going to talk about during that show that will create interest what's your tagline how are you going to exit you know we do intros and outros how are you going to outro a song into a commercial what is it that you're going to say that will make folks say oh I want to know the answer to that question I want to know what the end result is going to be I have to listen through this list of commercials because I want to get to the to what she's 
asking for, you know, there at the end. Um, we do giveaways and they need to know what's our prize for the day, mm-hmm. what kinds of trivia questions are we asking or you know, whatever that might be. Um, but that's been incredibly difficult for them to get up the courage to actually sit and, and do the work. They, they want to get through it really quickly. And I think some of it is because they're afraid that they can't do it or they're afraid that it will be stupid or whatever. And none of that is true. I just want them to feel confident in being them. Yes, I would agree with that. And this also allows them the opportunity to make mistakes. They're not getting paid yet. No, no. And literally, you know, we might have 15 people listening or 28 people listening um, or 100 people listening. It's not like it's the everybody in Hampshire County. Right. That's on it. But um, I want the students to feel that confidence and that, um, hey, I can just turn the mic on and go and be good with it. When it comes to podcasting, we have tried that a little bit with the students. I've got a few who have said, I want to have a podcast. But the prep work has been a little lacking. They're not quite sure about, you know, how, how they're going to make that work. And then the technology of, okay, who's going to host it? How do we get that out there? We're not quite there yet. And branding. Yes. Yes. You know, and another thing, sponsorship. I, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have the Bank of Romney sponsor my broadcast. Um, can you talk about some of the sponsors that have helped out Trojan Media in terms of, or, or how you plan on getting sponsors? Well, we've got um, uh, we've got a lot of support from the Board of Education. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of support from local businesses. Judy's Mobile Homes yep. um, helps us a lot. The folks over at A and W Wireless have sponsored several things that we've done. F and B Bank has been um, immensely helpful. Just Angel, what do you need? What what is it that we can help do? Um, yeah, so we've had several people in the community. We even had, oh my goodness, help me remember, um, ref, renew, refresh, re, uh, yes, it's yes. Romney. Yeah, something yeah, renew, with, refresh, Romney, yes. Oh, is that it? Okay. If it's not, it's dangerously close. Okay, well, they actually called me and said, I really, we've got this video that we want to do for HGTV. Mm-hmm. Can your students help us put something together? If we video it, can we send it to you? Absolutely. So I have video students who went through using our Adobe software and picked different things, created the uh, the video that was submitted to HGTV. Um, and that's something else that, that I want to bring up real quick is that we have the industry standard with software and equipment. Um, we're using Adobe Premiere yes. for all of our video um, editing, which is a lot of times what Hollywood will use, I mean, and it's it's got a pretty steep learning curve. Um, it's not baby steps on that one. It's, it's pretty tough. But we also use Adobe Audition for our editing software, which is a little more um, easy, and it's, it's audio. And I also have access to Adobe Photoshop, um, Illustrator, some of those. So I'm not teaching Adobe necessarily, but the students in this program have access to all those. So if they already know Photoshop, they can use that in some of the things that we're already creating. Let's shift gears to the Hampshire Trojan Athletic Department and how has the athletic department embraced Trojan media in terms of 
being able to broadcast games or being set up or and looking forward as uh, a cooperative in the future of broadcasting Hampshire athletics. It was a little tough in the beginning, to be honest. Um, it was because I, there's not ever been anything like this. Right. Um, you know, we have a carpentry department and we have a uh, automotive department and ag and business and things like that. But there's not ever been anything that's broadcasting wise. And when we first came on, I kind of got the feeling that, you know, me being female, maybe I wasn't taken quite as seriously. Which is something that um, throughout the industry in athletics, females have a challenge of sure. gaining that instant credibility. Sure, and, absolutely. And it's something you'll have to overcome. Yeah. We, I had to work a little bit at it, mm -hmm. which was fine. I, I expected that. Um, and the very first year I was here, we were unable to do any live broadcasting simply because we didn't have the equipment. Right. Um, that wasn't anything on the athletic department. That was just because I didn't have uh, the necessary equipment. But we'd gotten a grant and were able, between the first and second year, to get mixing boards and things that were necessary, that were mobile, that we could, you know, didn't have to be hardwired in, and we could take those with us. And we began to make inroads with the, the soccer team and the basketball team and the athletic director. And at that point, when we were full force, okay, we're completely ready, we can do this, we were welcomed with open arms. And, um, and plus, I'd been here you know, over a year at that point. So people knew who I was and, and they knew the students I'd be using because they had those same students. And uh, Coach Buckley was over the moon excited. Please, please, please come. Um, we'd love to do interviews with you. I even had one of her, well, several of her students or several of her, uh, her team, her team players come and do broadcasting with us. Lainey yes. Salon is not in my program at all. I wish she was. Um, but Lainey Salon did several ball games with us. Um, I had several soccer players do some play-by-play -play that were not in my program. And um, Coach Alkire would he came and, and talked to us a little bit and, and welcomed us on the – always made sure that there was room for us on the benches, mm -hmm. um, that we could get that information. Uh, Coach Buckley provided me with stats constantly, you know, made sure that I had plenty to talk about. Um, we've not yet been able to do uh, football or boys' soccer, um, and we wanted to do baseball, but that didn't happen. But right. You know, so um, athletics overall, we've been welcomed. It was a little tough in the beginning simply because I was brand new and didn't have what I needed, but now we're we're on track. Let's assume that kids are back in school. Football season's going to go on this fall. There's a home game against Frankfurt on September 4th. Yes. The football game, that is. Will Trojan Media be there covering? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, where we will be, I'm not 100% sure. Um, you know, we've got some logistics to work out. Okay. Where do we have, we need internet capabilities, we need electricity. Um, I, I, I like to have a place to sit, but, <laughs> you know, a lot of times the kids want to stand up so that they can see better. Um, but we have all of the equipment in place, things that are ready to go. It would just be a matter of Okay, which student wants to do play-by-play? -play? Mm -hmm. Which student is interested in doing color? Because there's a difference. Do I have a student who is interested in just assisting 
in the setup and teardown of the equipment? Do I have somebody who wants to keep stats, and do they understand how to do that? Um, so we, we work, we would work the week before on getting that information together and say, okay, student A, you're doing play-by-play. What that means is you've got to understand by watching the field, you've got to be able to explain to the listeners at home what is happening because they can't see it. Right. So you've got to go play by play, naming these people, talking about the positions that they're in, and giving as much detail as possible, as quickly as possible, to the folks that are listening. Color. Your job is to sit there and be quiet until there's a break in the action. Whoever's doing play-by-play, when they stop, you come on and say, well, 10 years ago, that was, that play did this and this and this. And, you know, they've played, the these two teams have played 16 times in the last 20 years. And the, um, at this point, it's 12 to 4, you know, whatever. The play-by-play guide does what I would call the top-line observations. Yes. So if we're going to talk about football and the play is a handoff to the right-hand side and the running back finds a hole in between the guard and the tackle and runs the ball for 20 yards and for a touchdown, the play-by-play guy is going to talk about the running back, the quarterback handing the ball off, where the ball went. Now, the color guy might come in and go look at number 65, the guard, and point out one specific of the play that maybe the play-by-play guy didn't touch on, but was the key to the play. Number 65, he took that linebacker, he put him on his back, and that's what created the open hole. That's why that play was Mm -hmm. a success and allowed the running back to go in. Absolutely. There's something to be said for chemistry as well yes in terms of being able to work as a team you talk and not step on each other oh yeah that's a big big factor um and one of the reasons why I enjoy working with your husband Sam um and I would also mention if any of the kids that are listening are getting ready to be prepared to cover a football game one resource that they must have in their pocket Go ahead. Talk about what Sam oh, does no, in no, terms, no, no. Of, in you, terms of his magazine. It's a beautiful season preview for every single school in the state of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Please give him a plug. Oh, it's it's a lot of work. So my husband, Sam, um, works at Allegheny Wood in Petersburg full time. But as a sideline, he does play by play and some color on occasion. And for, for local teams, he t- covers Petersburg, Pendleton County, Moorfield, East Hardy, and recently Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, also has done a Kaiser game on occasion and, and some games in Frankfurt. But we start New Year's Eve. That's our New Year's Eve party. We start New Year's Eve and New Year's Day um, with a completely blank slate and start building a 120, 125 page book um, about high school football. Yes. And it's the West Virginia high school football, all of the teams in the state of West Virginia. It's the Mountain State Pigskin Preview. And the uh, we have a buddy who does graphic design, who designs a cover for us and pr- gets it printed for us, takes care of that. And it is 
information about each team. Like we and we start, we do all AAA teams, all AA teams, and single A. And this year, several of those have changed. Yes, um, I believe there's seven who've moved out of AA into AAA or single A, one or the other. Yes, that's correct. And um, we start with Berkeley Springs. And we talk about the Berkeley Springs Indians, their coach, their overall record from ever, forever, their 2019 schedule, their 2020 schedule, um, what their ranking was, if they had one, did they participate in the um, playoffs? We give information about key players that are returning, who to watch, stats about those players, you know, weight, height, class, are they what their position is on the field? You know, were they all Little Kanawha Conference? Are they all EPAC? Con- whatever. Um, then we also we have a list of every consolidated school in the state. Mm-hmm. We talk about coaching changes. We talk about seniors from last year who went on to get, to play college ball this year, where they're going. We um, actually something interesting this year that I learned. I did not realize that there is a sprint team. At Alderson Broadus. Yes. And I know nothing about sprint football, but um, but that's something that I learned this year while typing. I do all the typesetting and the advertising for the, the book. And um, there's information in there from local teams. We've interviewed Kevin Whiteman mm-hmm. from Frankfurt. And um, there's going to be a two-page spread, or at least a page and a half, um, on Frankfurt. There is a page and a half spread from Coach Rule. So mm-hmm. there's information there about Hampshire. Um, there's We have Moorfield, Pendleton, Petersburg, uh, and East Hardy also. Um, because that's, I mean, that's where I come from. So right. that's our, but it's a, it is a labor of love and it is a lot of work. Well, you know, if, if you're in the broadcasting field, he does all the legwork or, and you, right. I need well, to give sure. you credit as well. Eh, y- I yeah. just type. I well, just type. <laughs> You guys do a lot of the legwork, so yes. then it makes people like myself, who is on air, sound good because all of these stats are laid out. So when you're looking mm-hmm. at game previews, you can go right to that, the pigskin preview, and look at each team and who's the returning players mm-hmm. and their overall record and, and where they were and what they did last year. It's just another resource to have in your back pocket when you're trying to um, – explain the game over the sure. airwaves well and and typically um in the broadcasting world you'll look at a team say like hampshire and they play mostly the same teams right. over and over and over and over on occasion there might be you know say hedgesville doesn't want to play this year so we're going to bring in muscleman or whatever it happens to be but um in the event that you have moved from triple a into double a or vice versa now you've got an entirely new set of people that you're playing, and uh, a resource like the Mountain State Pigskin Preview gives you information about, um, let's say you are going to start playing Cabell Midland, mm-hmm. or you're playing Mingo Central, or you're playing Parkersburg South. Well, you know nothing about those teams unless you you know are part of Huddle and you're watching those. But you have you can get that booklet and look at it and say, okay, I know that Parkersburg South is coached by. 
XYZ. And they have, uh, they tend to run a spread offense. And they've got this many running backs that are coming back. Um, Something that we have found that can be a little difficult with that is there are lots and lots of coaches across the state that are very territorial and do not want to give one bit of information about anything. So um, you will notice if you get the book, you'll notice that there are several teams that have very little information, and that's just simply because it's not out there. Some of the coaches treat their playbooks and what they do like it's the Manhattan Project. Right. And and nobody outside of that locker room is privy to that information, even if they run a system that is, you know, a, a spread offense or a triple option. They still feel that any outside knowledge is a weakness. Yes. And that's the way they look at it. So I understand the frustrations on that standpoint mm-hmm. when trying to gather information because, believe me, in the media, I get treated the same way. Right. Well, I can't tell you that, Nick. And I'm like, well, I kind of already know the answer. <laughs> I'm just going to – I was just asking it from the coaches. Cur- yep. Yeah. Angel, any other final words – in terms of trying to motivate kids to sign up for your class? Well, talk to your friends. Talk to the folks who have been through my program. Um, I can be very tough, and I expect a lot, but we have so much fun. We have so much fun. This is not the kind of class where you're going to be sitting at a desk, taking notes, looking in a book. Um, I mean, there is some of that, just because I've got to teach you a little, but... There's so much hands-on, and um, a lot of the classes bleed over into each other. So sports broadcasting is paired with radio presentations. Mm -hmm. It's a block class, and what that means is it's actually two periods combined into one. And the it's going to be the medium level, the the upper the upperclassmen take our TV video programming, and the middle. The middle kids take the uh, sports broadcasting and the radio presentations, and we have a fundamentals class that's good for freshmen. And, you know, it's a great way for them to step into that program. But if you are interested at all, please call Hampshire High School at 304-822-5016. Oh, let me do it in my radio voice. 304-822-5016. That's and your radio voice. That's huh? my radio, yeah, the radio voice. Um, but call the school and talk to Adam Fizel. He is the um, the CTE coordinator, and he's the assistant principal, one of the assistant principals. Um, but talk to him and tell him you're interested in taking, getting into the broadcasting program, and um, we'll we'll take a look and see where we can put you. Well, Angel, thank you very much for your time today. I know that I have learned a ton from you in terms of being in podcasting or how to go about sports. Same thing with your husband. I greatly appreciate all the influence that you guys have given me. And as I said before, I was so excited to hear that sport broadcasting is going to be a class here at Hampshire High. And I encourage the kids. You said you're tough on the kids. You're fair and you're tough. But the biggest F word that you are, I think you're fun. I think you're a fun teacher. Thanks. Yes, I, um, I want to have fun. You know, I want to have fun. I want to be able to share my love for being dramatic and sports. And I just want to share that with the students. And more than anything, I love my kids. 
I love those kids, and um, I want them to come along on the journey with me. Well, thank you very much. This is the Nick and Nittany Show. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to the Nick and Nittany Show. Tune in next time for some more doggone good sports.